Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. I just wanted to let you all know before we get into the show um, that we are going to go ahead and link um, a lot of different donations and GoFundMes um, for all the people who lost their homes in the fires, which is what we are going to be talking about today. So if you guys feel led to donate or you have any resources or if you live in the valley and you have things that you want to give, um, you can find all of those resources below. And we also will be linking them on our Instagram stories. So thank you so much and let's get into the show. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast. I'm Lisa, and today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, we thought that in the midst of everything that's going on with the fires all around us, we thought that we would kind of just switch things up and just talk about everything that's going on. Um, so who are you? Oh, are we still doing that too? Probably, if this is people's first time listening. Okay, should I just restart that? No. Gosh, I'm bad at this. No, you're not. Just say uh, just a little bit who you are. That's Lisa. She's a mom. She's a wife. <laughs> She's a creative. Good job. That's it. Okay. Uh, and across from her is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Olivia. I'm an entrepreneur, content creator, brand builder. Most recent business is Velvet and Fur. Um, so like Lisa said, we live in Oregon. So for the entire world and nation, we are on the news, which is crazy. We were watching CNN. So nice. And literally Oregon is just talking about, being talked about in the world news. Um, and so we got, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about our experience, about what's going on here speaking for the entire state i guess of oregon and things are happening in northern california too yeah and basically the entire state is on fire and it's very scary and i have a newfound respect for anybody who deals with natural disasters now like hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff and how actually i've never experienced even like an earthquake or anything and so it's like um you you literally cannot do a single thing well, I think it, what's interesting is living in Oregon, I always thought, oh, I'm so glad I live here. Why would anyone live on the East Coast where there's like hurricanes and floods? And I feel like crazy stuff is always happening over there. And then this happens. I'm like, oh, so we're the place where fires happen. <laughs> and now that the destruction that has happened has happened, I almost can't believe like I live in a place like this yeah you almost just can't really escape because everywhere has something yeah we've just never well me personally I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that in Oregon itself maybe like little tremors or whatever when I was like young Mm -hmm. I think we had a kind of a bigger earthquake or something um but yeah and I think the thing too is like in those places like in the midwest you know they have cellars or they have things like they have a like a 
game plan uh-huh. if they know tornadoes are coming. Yeah, we had no game plan. Literally didn't even know the day of. It was kind of like when you think back to before quarantine and you didn't even uh-huh. know, hey, like the next day there's going to be a pandemic. Uh-huh. When I look back at last week and just like it's a normal day. I have a busy day. I got to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. No idea even the morning of what the heck was going on. No, I got a text that morning. Um, so the Southern Oregon fires actually started about two miles from my house I get a text that morning normal day um I was just gonna clean my house and actually go do errands my mother-in-law was gonna come and take care of the boys and I get a text from my brother-in-law he goes hey um are you guys evacuating if you need help then just let us know and we'll come by and I thought that he like said the wrong word and I was like, you mean, because we're selling our house. I was like, you mean moving like out of my house? <laughs> Do we need help cleaning? And I go, evacuating? What are you talking about? And right then I get calls and texts. People are asking me if I'm okay. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I was freaking out. Yeah. And um, I think that's right around when you texted me. I called you. Or you called me. Which I don't me. normally call you. No. And so I yeah. was like, oh, my gosh. So when you were like, hey, are you evacuating? I think the fires are getting closer to you or something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Is there more news that it's actually getting closer to my home? Yeah. Um, and so that's when I called Zav. He was in a class. It was the first time I actually couldn't get a hold of him. He didn't have our car. He had our moped and he had to go into Medford, which is like he would have he's like in between or the fires are in between where he is and I am. So I live in Medford. Lisa lives in Ashland. Uh-huh. And there's a one shot highway or freeway that takes about what, 10 12 minutes to get from Ashland to Medford. And the fires got so big so quickly that the I-5 and the 99, which are the two highway and the freeway, the only access that you have to go north and south are closed Mm -hmm. because the fires have gone in between both of they run parallel with each other it's gone in between both of those freeways and has crossed both of the freeways like on like if you drive on the freeway right now there's the like the retardant like the pink stuff that uh-huh. the paints drop it's like it's on everywhere the freeway and not only that but access in and out of Oregon is closed and so I was We're freaking out I was like <laughs> where am I supposed to go I can't go north or south I can't go east <laughs> And going west, there were fires along the coast. Yeah. And so when everyone was finding out that they were having to evacuate um, out of Phoenix and Talent, which is where the fires were going north Which towards, is like, what, six minutes from you? Yes. N- not even. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so luckily, well, not really luckily, but the fires were going away from Ashland they were blowing the so the huge windstorms the yeah. night before. My mm-hmm. mom texts me and goes, "Hey, we're gonna shut the windows because there's a huge windstorm." And I was like, "Okay, whatever." I've never felt such turbulent winds yeah. before, except for when I was living in Portland and I would go to the gorge, like you know, like when there's canyons yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm it would get really windy like 40 mile per hour winds over there and it was like that and there was branches everywhere I was like whoa this is crazy Mm -hmm. I remember getting coffee that morning and I'm like wow this feels really good like I actually really like this weather right and then the fire started and I'm like Uh -uh. how (laughs) the tables have turned I know it was literally like 
no pun intended, like the perfect storm for yeah. what was going on mm-hmm. because of how much wind there was. And so for me, I woke up, everything was fine. I was going to taste to do velvet and fur stuff. Luckily, I had to go home to let Elle out because get this for the first time in a year, my mom decides she's going to go to Eugene for the day to no. to see my mom because my cousin was here from Nebraska. What? So she was like, hey, can you take care of Elle today? Da, da, da. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll just run home and let Elle out. What are the chances of her literally being on I-5 when this is happening? So I come home and all of a sudden at the four-way stop, like by the mall, literally it looks like the apocalypse. Dead stop. I had no idea what was going on. It was kind of smoky. I could see flames. So I'm calling Arturo and I was like, hey, do you know what's going on? Is there like someplace on fire? (laughs) Like, how do we not have an amber? We have an amber alert if a kid gets kidnapped. How do we not have an amber alert that there's a fire Two miles from us. Yeah, I know. I was literally <laughs> just saying that. And, I, and so then Arturo was like, oh, no, there's like a fire. So then I called my mom. Luckily, she had a friend that called her and was like, hey, just so you know, there's a fire. You might want to leave because I-5 is closing. So she drove all the way to Eugene, left. She's calling me going, hey, are you Because there's home? fires in Eugene. Yes. And she's like, I don't know if I can get home tonight. So then I'm over there like, I'm not trying to panic. I'm like, well, whatever. I'm just going to let Elle out. It's fine. Uh-huh. I see smoke, whatever. And so then I call Arturo and Arturo's like, they're evacuating Ashland. I was like, no, they're not. And he was like, there's a huge wildfire in Phoenix. So then I called you and you were like, oh, I don't really know what's going on. And I was like, I don't feel like this is a big deal. Like what's going on? I know, yeah. Then all of a sudden I'm going back up, going back to Taze and I just see like smoke in a way that's not just smoke, like black billows of smoke mm-hmm. coming from all directions because then all of a sudden we have a freaking fire. It was a clear day. And, yes. Blue skies. And then there's a fire in Eagle Point, which is the other way. And mm-hmm. then a fire the other way. And then there's all this smoke coming into Medford, just settling down. Mm-hmm. And then I we I went back to Taze and I was there with we live in a valley. Because we so live in a valley. all accumulating. Yeah. And then I was just like, I should go home. And then I was like starting to kind of, not to panic, but get more like Elle's home alone. Mm-hmm. What if I couldn't get back? Yeah. And I was like, maybe I should go. I think I should go. I think I should go. And I kept kind of kept uh-huh. saying it over and over. And I was like, my mom is gone. And then in hindsight, I was thinking about it. If my mom didn't leave the time she did and wouldn't have gotten home, I would have had to pack up her stuff too and pack up Elle because we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So before I get back to what happened in Central Point, then what was going on with you? Were you guys packing up? So I finally got a hold of Zav about an hour later. He... It was his first class at Bible College. And um, so it was a a day that he could not have his phone on him. And he was like, hey, I think that things are fine. Like, don't worry about it. And I was like, I don't think that he understands what's going on. I don't think anybody did. I was calling just everyone around. I was calling my mom. And then I called my brother-in-law. I'm like, hey, like, what have you heard? I'm trying to reach or look at the news and they barely know what's going on um so I was like you know what I'm not gonna freak out I think that things are okay I couldn't even see flames or smoke from my house Mm -hmm. I mean I I did have obstructions but that was because I couldn't see any smoke or flames because it was all blowing north and I was south of the fires and so that's when I was hearing oh it's going north um and luckily, where it was happening, it was not farmland necessarily. It was just open land. Right. And um, 
there were only a few like houses around that and I think that it was some of them were just abandoned houses from mm-hmm. what I know mm-hmm. in Ashland and then you hear it's still in Ashland but going north towards Phoenix and no one's thinking this is not going to get contained like you're like yeah there's I mean we heard of firefighters coming from Mexico we heard of firefighters coming from all over Oregon Mm -hmm. and California to come help with the fires the only thing though is because of I-5 being blocked everyone's trying to come through Ashland including semi-trucks and so all of Ashland is totally backed up and that was kind of scaring me because then I was realizing if I had to leave there's no access to anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so that was really freaking me out. Um, I guess I could go southwest, which is towards California coast. You could have maybe taken a back road to Northern California mm-hmm. or something to get yeah. distance because from Because California it. is only like 10 miles from here. Yeah. So. Um, or up a hill. I, like you yeah, could have exactly. gone somewhere I, up. Yeah. I from think. what I was finding out, people were going towards Mount Ashland, which Mount Ashland was safe and fine. Yeah. So I guess I would do that. That would be kind of freaky to be stuck at the top of a mountain. <laughs> but um, worst case scenario, the only freaky thing is that Zav was in line of where the fires were going. Mm-hmm. And so he wasn't going to have access to come back to me if it was getting bad and it did. Yeah. And so what I was then finding out is um, I was texting all of my friends in Phoenix and they're like, I'm literally evacuating right now. One of my friends doesn't even have a car and she didn't even know what was going on. She just heard from someone else who is one of our friends who lives in the complex close to her. They're like, hey, do you need me to take you? And she was like, what are you talking about? Like, no one, no one knew what was there going was on. It was happening no, so quickly. No alerts. I don't understand. No. Like, people were literally in Phoenix getting told, like, from work, you have to go and you can't go back home and get anything. And, yeah. like, your house is gone. Yeah, there's no access to get into Phoenix. I And I'm a oh part gosh. of um, a Facebook page where... Um, while this is all going on, um, people were doing live scanner updates. And so that's the only way I was actually getting my news because the news mm-hmm. wasn't showing anything. No. The news didn't even know what was going on. I was on Twitter because I found Medford alerts and they were updating every three to four minutes. And it was like live. Three to four minutes wasn't even enough time. There was so It much was faster than anywhere yeah. I could have seen it. But they were showing like people that were having to evacuate. And all of a sudden we hear, oh, Medford's on phase one. Okay, now Medford's on phase two. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what does that mean? None of us have experienced no. fires before. What is phase three? We haven't experienced um, fires this close to where we had to evacuate. I can see how people saw the smoke and they're like, oh, great. Like something's on fire around us. That happens every single year. Yeah, like we're going to have smoke now. Nothing is going to happen to us, though. Like we're fine. Mm -hmm. And then houses are burning down. Yeah. And wooded areas are burning down. There's like the Burger King right next to us, the gas station right next to us. Things are blowing up. And then... Uh, the first I think like main area was um, a trailer park complex here in Ashland that was burned down mm-hmm. and then it just kept going north to all of Phoenix and there's barely anything left in Phoenix. I know. 
It was like glowing. The sky was at that night. And I think that night was the freakiest. Arturo had picked oh me my up. Gosh. And we were, we drove by because we just wanted to see. And we were just driving by on the freeway. Just like part of the freeway was on fire. Like mm-hmm. there was just fire and things floating. And then like the sky, the hills were almost like glowing. Yeah. Because there was just embers everywhere. The, yeah, you can see the flames going yeah. up. We went to a high point in Ashland. And we actually couldn't see the fires because there was a hill in mm-hmm. between us and Talent and Phoenix. But we could see the fires above the hill itself. And so Phoenix is on like the ground of the valley floor. And we could see over this hill that there's flames coming up. That's how massive the flames were. Mm -hmm. It was really scary. And it was kind of crazy because we were crossing. We were up on a hill and we were crossing a street. And two foxes came running past us and that's we've never seen foxes it was like late or early evening and we're like i don't think foxes no come out i think that they were trying to find a place i was thinking of all the animals i can't i think like one of the saddest things is all the animals that were i know stuck in houses i know um i can't i like can't even think and dwell on that because that's terrifying but I did hear one good thing, which was a good point for my mom, is that a lot of animals actually like can find a way to get out of houses. Yeah. Even when they're burning down. Yeah, I um, think they could. And I think that they're smart enough. And unfortunately, with the smoke, um, it messes with like the magnetic fields. Mm-hmm. And that's how they know where to go back and where to go. Yeah. And so I think a lot of animals will be displaced. Yeah. Yeah. But still alive. Yes. Hopefully. I think so. Yeah. I'm very hopeful. Yeah. For a lot of people. I know. It's so sad. Really sad. Um, yeah. So meanwhile, yeah. me, which this is the funniest, most Olivia part of the conversation, is I go home. My mom gets home. She goes a back way. She goes back through like Grant's Pass area and comes back home. She gets home and and she was like, so like, are you going to pack anything up? Because for us in Central Point, we're still probably 20 minutes, 15 minutes from Phoenix. Like we were far enough to where it was like, if the fire reaches us, the whole city is burned down. Mm -hmm. And we knew that that wasn't going to happen. But we were like, well, they're kind of on phase two. So Arturo is calling me every like five minutes, which I will say it's really scary to not be with your like significant Mm -hmm. other. Because I just wanted to be with him because I he's still very calm. Yeah. yeah. He's very calm, but I knew he needed to be with his mom and his brother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they need to figure it out. And they were right across from Chelsea, my best friend. And I knew she was going to try to evacuate. So she was texting me like, can I come to you? Because we knew Central Point was safe. But she had pet, like, she had cats. And I was like, you know, it's probably not a good idea. Da, da, da. She's like, OK, we're going to go to Grants Pass. So then I'm seeing all these people in Medford. They're they're getting out Maybe. of here, getting to Grants Pass, because at that point, I-5 had opened back up. Mm-hmm. And so I get home and my, mom, my mom's like, I don't know. I, I know it might be kind of dumb, but like, should we pack? And I was like, well, maybe a little bit. I was like, I'm going to pack my equipment up and let's pack up like your photo albums and like get our documents. So then we start packing that up and then like things start to get like a little scarier. And I was like, I'm going to pack some clothes. Because then Medford goes into level two evacuation. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting really close to things like um like orchards yep and, and like baseball fields, fire, baseball fields stuff like that getting really close to the mall 
Luckily, it didn't touch the mall. Or, I mean, we need a new mall, but... I mean, we don't need a mall. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Yeah, so at that point, I was like, you know what? I've always lived my life being made fun of because I'm so overly prepared. I'm like, I would rather be safe than sorry. So I knew I had a bunch of, like, new clothes. And I was like, if I lose the house... I'm not losing my clothes. I was the fortunate one. I was, Mm -hmm. we were so blessed that we had all this time. And I'm like, you know what? My luggage, super expensive. I'm just going to pack everything. Mm -hmm. So we're packing blankets, all this stuff. And then I was like, my mom's like, this just feels so dramatic. I was like, you know, it does. But at least we have peace of mind when we go Uh to bed tonight. We finally are done packing. And my mom, uh, Arturo calls me. We're sitting down to watch Big Brother. We're about to play it. I have food. I've made food. He goes, are you guys okay? And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, there's a fire like two streets from you. We had no idea because it was night. And I was like, what? So then, of course, you know, you instantly like feel like you're going to puke. Run outside. All of our neighbors are just standing there and we're staring up into the sky and we can just see flames from our yard. And I was like, you know, in that moment, you revert to like you're a 12 year old. I'm like, mom mom and I'm like calling my dad I'm like dad there's like a fire like because I didn't know Uh what to do we had just gotten done packing up all of their stuff and I was like I knew we should have packed up all of our stuff so our neighbors we just see all of a sudden end of we live like down a flag lot our dry our road right there is just stopped with cars so all of our neighbors are trying to leave there's no way for us to get out so we're like okay so I'm watching the scanners we're watching a live feed of this fire that's two streets from us it was the Table Rock overpass, which is literally, it's so close to us. And we're just watching this live feed of everything burning. And we're just staring at it. And we're like, we don't want to leave because if we leave, we're going to get stuck in traffic. So they were kind mm-hmm. of trying to tell people on the outskirts of Central Point, don't everybody leave at once. Uh-huh. And so. Only leave when you need to leave. Yeah. When you're told. <laughs> and this is when I called or texted you yeah because I think I had audio messaged you too yeah oh yeah because I was like dude I'm getting scared Mm -hmm. you know um but then we were on phase three and so we knew we were like okay we need to go and I was like mom are we gonna go like let's just go to Arturo's now or let's go out to Eagle Point Mm -hmm. where my dad is and then we were like but how do we get out there and we didn't know so we just waited we waited way too long hold on (laughs) the Eagle Point fires so that's South Open Chain. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also what was on fire. Everything and was on fire. And my parents in their backyard <laughs> were watching these fires get closer to their house. Yeah. They have videos of it. And it was, that area was just on fire like two months ago. And then again <laughs> a month ago. And it's on fire a third time this summer. And so we couldn't believe. And that next night I was staying the night at my parents and we're just sitting in the backyard watching the fires we're like okay we'll just have to like keep watch and see what happens it was so freaky yeah so I was contacting my dad because he was kind of more in white city and he's so calm and he's like we're all fine because he he knew earlier because I always call him right when stuff happens because he works on helicopters that put out fires and so I that's so crazy yeah he's a helicopter mechanic so I knew I was like if he know he knows what's up so all of his helicopters are they're out of town because there was a fire in Butte Falls, which there still is. Uh-huh. So everybody and all the firefighters are out at Butte Falls. So when these fires started happening, there wasn't enough like coverage or whatever you would mm-hmm. say to have people help. Um, that's that's the South Obechain fire. Right. It's so like that's the one Calvary that we were watching. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so then we, so we're on phase three. Honestly, if I, in hindsight, I think I probably would have left because we needed to leave. But when I, but the reason why we kept staying, why it was so scary was we knew if we leave, are we going to come back? And it was like the weirdest feeling of like, are we going to come back to no house? Are we going to come back? Like, when are we going to be able to come back? And it's so different when we were packing at the beginning to be prepared. And then I started like looking around and packing for, am I okay with this being gone? And that Uh was very weird. And again, we were so blessed. Honestly, if we would have lost our house, we would have had almost everything we needed. Like Mm -hmm. we were so lucky. Um, but I was just like, I just looked at my mom. I was like, are, is our house going to burn down? And she goes, I don't know. And she's like, so pack what you you need to pack. And I'm like, okay, I was looking to you for solace. But yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but I mean, it was it was just so close. And then, then they ended up putting the fire out. And we drove by it that night. Um, and I couldn't believe that it didn't hit any houses. It was six feet from some houses. So they were oh really gosh. on it. And then the next day, we're calm. We sleep in super late. I was up the whole night, just startling awake, checking news and stuff. And it's like three o'clock. And my mom's like, okay, do you want to watch like Big Brother again? Like, let's just chill, whatever. Freaking come screaming in the house. Something else is on fire. And I'm like, literally had just felt like my heart had stopped racing after like 24 hours. That fire started up again. It was the same fire, which I don't which obviously every it it's totally I think was started by somebody but whatever and we were just staring at it and all of our neighbors were out there all of our cars were packed and we were just all standing there people were on their roofs watering their roofs down mm-hmm. roofs down my mom was and I was like dude this is, not, this is so scary and we were just standing there watching it and we were just like do we go or do we stay and it was just the same thing all over again I was like I can't handle this anymore and then again they ended up putting it out but it was so close to us I think um when because when I thought that we were gonna have to start evacuating I I made a list just in case of all the things that I would need to grab and when I was making the list it made me realize like I don't need a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. like I guess I would actually be okay with losing a lot of this. I have so much more than I need. Makes you realize how much you have. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. And it makes me realize how much I really need Mm -hmm. and don't need. Yeah. I know. And see, that's the thing which I was in that weird position because we were preparing for something I knew wasn't going to happen. So when I was packing everything, it was literally because I'm like, well, I can. Yeah. But if it would have been the opposite, like if we would have seen that fire and we only had a few minutes, literally it would have been like my equipment, mm-hmm. my documents. And I probably would have just tried to throw it like stuff in a bag. So I knew that I had stuff. Underwear. <laughs> Underwear. Yeah. Clothing of some sort. You know, we were grabbing blankets. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It's a really weird feeling. Um, but it was kind of funny to be like, that can go. That can go. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know. Yeah. I don't like that though. <laughs> No. It was very scary. Um, There was a girl on Facebook who I went to high school with, and she did a really good post about the necessities that people who lost everything in the fire. Um, she lost her home when she was in high school, 
And she said the biggest things that people need are like new clothes, underwear, hygiene things, like toothbrushes. And I, that, it just made me realize, I'm like, oh my gosh, like these, everyone who lost their homes, they literally don't have a thing. They don't have anything. They don't have anything. And then there are people who haven't lost their homes, but they couldn't go back home. And so they're waiting to go back home. They don't know what they're going back home to, but they're still displaced right now. Mm -hmm. No one has been able to go back to see what's left. I know. Yeah. Cause we were just right before this, I was dropping a friend off to help do whatever what is it called volunteering stuff and they were literally just praying for people before they were like police escorted to see if they had their home still and I was like oh my gosh I was like getting chills thinking about that like just thinking like are we gonna go back to something or are we not yeah like that is so scary but then you do think you know I'm so grateful that nobody we know has passed away nobody we know so far that I know has lost like a pet or anything like Mm. that and these are just things like bottom line they are things yeah and but it also made me realize you know we were packing up all these photo albums and I told my dad I was like you need to scan these and we need to put these on USBs and they need to Uh be in the fire safe box like if anything it made me think like we need to have a bag outside that has a pack of socks and underwear and toothbrush Mm -hmm. like we need to have this stuff in case of an emergency because even if your house just catches on fire alone so true you need to have a game plan of like like you should even have a list in a drawer yeah of these are the things we need to pack literally you know list right now fire safe (laughs) yeah because we have like a fire safe box with all of our documents um yeah and again like we were the lucky ones like we knew if we we needed to pack Elle's food in her kennel and stuff but like people with kids like you just knowing what you need to have in case of an emergency um it just started it really made me think because because of all of those little things you would lose like you know the VHS tapes of uh-huh. the little millennial babies and photos and stuff and I knew my mom wouldn't want to lose those but yeah I feel like I was stressed out for like 72 hours and I it was so scary and I still I feel so bad like driving out to Lisa's today and just seeing everything it's just black it's like our beautiful home too like Oregon I know you know it's just like so full of like life and now it's just black and Mm -hmm. it's just that's gonna be years of being able to build this all back up and then you know 9-11 was the next day and thinking about that and the virus you know and everything going on is just like overwhelming I think it really reminded me not to take anything for granted even just the landscape that we have and it's it's funny because that's something that I remind myself really often um (laughs) there's this store here in Ashland that I shop at and when I leave I have this insane (laughs) view of just the mountains the hills that are in Ashland and it's so breathtaking and I just sit there like with my groceries sometimes and I just like take deep breaths of air Mm -hmm. and I'm like wow I'm so thankful for like the amazing air that we have and the beautiful landscapes that we have and that we live in like such a beautiful area Mm -hmm. and then when something like this happens you can't even go outside you can't even go outside like you literally have no fresh air the air quality nowhere is close to you it's all over oregon it's all over we're by california it's all over california yeah there's nowhere immediate that we can go to and escape yeah yeah i know it is really crazy even like taking for granted like 
going on my walks in the morning and like looking at all the plants mm-hmm. and like the trees and stuff and you can't really do that but I mean it obviously is a good reminder and I'm also just really grateful for um just like having God and being able to pray through all of that and being like depending on him yeah yeah, depending on him Mm because throughout all of it because even now I'm not like super stressed out I'm more just like wow this is sad but you know thinking of like if we would have lost our house like we would have been okay like we would have been okay losing our things um and then just thinking like it's really easy I think to if I feel like if there's anything I've learned from all this like it's really easy to be in denial about bad things happening because even when like we could literally see flames I was like it's not gonna come to us it's Mm -hmm. not that's stupid it's not it's not it's not you know and then you think no but 10 minutes from here people we know lost their houses like it does happen like bad things do happen but that doesn't mean we have a bad god or we have a god that doesn't love us it just means that bad things happen and we need to know what we can fall back on like physically with things and also like mentally and emotionally because these things we have don't make us up like we're not who we are because of the things that we have Mm -hmm. you know it's like our families and stuff yeah I was texting um shout out to Cassie who listens to our podcast I was texting her because um she lost her home in the fires And it was so crazy because I was asking them, like, how are you doing? Is there anything that you guys need? And her response was um, that her and her husband had so much peace. And this is when she didn't know whether or not she lost her house. It was in the very beginning. But they were evacuated and they were staying somewhere else. And um, she said, I've never felt God's presence like this before. And Mm -hmm. so it's so that like resonated so much inside of me and it gave me so much faith and hope too that like through these dark and scary times that like the people who actually lost everything like Mm -hmm. people can still have so much hope in something else that's like so much bigger than them Mm -hmm. and it makes me think like wow the small things that I can worry about like there's such bigger things going on and if Mm -hmm. other people can have faith and hope in that then like how great is our God totally that we can depend entirely and so um with that being said I just I'm if anyone wants to give and you're not from this area um I have literally so many GoFundMe sites I'll do Um, I'll put some links in the show notes below for donations and everything um so like for instance someone like Cassie and her husband they have a little girl Um, They lost their home and the place that her husband works at, um, her father-in-law's auto shop, which is where we go to, um, and there are some people who go to our church, they lost their business. Yeah. And so it's just so crazy to think too, like, wow, these places have nowhere to work. These people have nowhere to work. They don't even have places of work right now. I know. I know. Like it's, it's really hard to wrap my brain around a lot of these things. I know. It was, yeah, it was kind of crazy because when I was at Taze right before, it was just kind of like, okay, like, stay safe. And she's like, okay, stay safe. She's like, do I take any of this stuff? Because it was like all of our clay and all of our business Uh stuff. And I was like, nope, I think that's, it's fine. Like, we'll replace it, you know? And maybe grab our $300 roller we just got. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe just that. But, um, yeah, I guess just thinking like... um, 
yeah, I, I guess if you, th- it like in this world, I, I feel like I can get really deep, but thinking like, I want success. I want this house. I want these clothes. I want this car. And then you become what you think about all the time. Like mm-hmm. you become dependent on that, on those things. And so even though my mom and I were lucky because we had so much time to prepare, it's like, but if we would have lost everything, though, those those items like what you're saying like that's not where we find our hope Mm -hmm. even though they might make us feel comfortable that isn't what our comfort should be it should not be in these things it should be in relying and falling back on God because he even says that like you will lose everything and I should be what you turn to in those times you know and I think that was just a really good reminder for us and like you said seeing the people with such hope that lost their homes and I'm like that is inspirational really you know Um, it's crazy because as a church, we're going through this book called the 40 days of prayer. And it's, I think one of the most amazing books that I've ever read. I, I mean, I would put it up there on maybe number one book. Um, I think it's very hard for me to like be surprised or be like, wow, that's a really great word or whatever it is, especially something that's sort of like a devotional. Um, but what it is, is you're intensely for these 40 days praying about things that you really need or want Mm -hmm. things that are around you. And it said like, be careful in these next 40 days, because not only will will there be crazy spiritual warfare, but like think there will be very difficult things going on around you. Yeah. And so then I'm like, well, I'm already in a pandemic. So obviously that's going on. And then we like during that time, we're like, oh, we're going to sell our house. Oh, we really want this other house that we found, but it's going to be very difficult to get if we get it. And then the fires happen. And so just the fact that like as a church, a lot of people are reading this book right now. And this is one of the crazy things that they're going through that God is saying, like in this, this is like one of those times where you need faith. Yeah. Like you're losing everything. I need you to look at me. I need you to depend on me. Mm-hmm. Like this is like whether or not this is my doing, it is me that you should be turning to right now. Right. You don't lose faith because of this. Like I'm encouraging you that I'm who you give everything to, that you mm-hmm. put your burdens on me because I get it. Yeah. No, that's so true. Because I, I remember even just thinking back to another time in my life long story short I basically lost everybody in my life and that's when I feel like I really found my relationship with God totally because he's just like these people are going to fail you and I think that's the bottom line with learning this like this world is going to fail us the government's going to fail us president's <laughs> going to fail you know all these different can't things can't put are your gonna, trust in anything you can, but me you cannot put your trust in anything and yeah so I think it's yeah it's it's so true just always relying on him and the last thing which is it is really interesting that all this is happening because um the last couple weeks um if you guys have been listening just been praying a lot for things to work out on like my business side of things and I remember one thing worked out and I found myself the next week not praying as much and then I was really convicted about that Mm -hmm. because I was like what so I seek you until I get what I want And then I've just really feel like the Lord's been like, you still need to seek me. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just stop. Yeah. And then all of these fires happened and I'm like, oh, so it's not all about work and how many downloads we get Mm -hmm. and the podcast. And because it's easy to, to think that that's what your life is about. Like for me, it's like how many, 
you know, how can I make my businesses successful? But in the end, I could literally lose all of this. And then what do I have if I don't have the Lord, you know? Yeah. So anyway. In all of this, if you've lost anything, or if you know someone who's lost their homes or their businesses, um, please send us the GoFundMe so that Mm -hmm. we can add them to the show notes and even post them onto our Instagram page Mm -hmm. so that other people can have access to that because we want to be able to support you guys in literally any way possible. Um, Even if you can message us so that we can personally be praying for you guys too. Yeah, absolutely. We would, I mean... I feel like there's not I wish I could do so much more I'm like trying my best and there's so much I want to do but there's also not much that we can can do yeah yeah if anybody like you said is listening Cassie we're praying for you anybody else um DM us and hopefully we can do what we can to at least raise awareness about what's going on Mm -hmm. for people that aren't here because it's I think it is really easy to think of us in Oregon and then see Hurricane Katrina and be like that's so sad yeah but when you're when you're in it yeah it's so different which obviously we're humans you can't expect somebody in New York to understand what's happening right now or Florida or wherever you are um but if you are every anywhere else this is happening (laughs) yeah it makes me think so much differently of like right wow okay maybe I can start like doing things when things happen across the country or across the world it just makes me think so much more deeply and um thinks about I makes me think about my purpose so much more too yeah um also on that note um my church along with a lot of other churches in Ashland um but my church is taking any sort of donations that you have um you can just drop it off outside of the church it's called the story um, it's 318 B Street here in Ashland and Ashland Christian Fellowship actually opened up their sanctuary to people to live and wow. they're providing sack lunches and um, hot dinners every single night. That's if awesome. you need a place to go, um, you can call them to check availability and what that looks like, but families are able to go single people couples yeah um and it also doesn't matter like what you believe in or where you're at it has nothing to do with faith or religion Mm -hmm. it's for absolutely anyone who just needs a place to stay and um if they don't have room for you i think that they have access to other places that um people can take too yeah that's awesome yeah a lot of people have stepped like stepped up to the plate i think which is really amazing to see all of that happen um but should we do our silver linings before we end this that's actually a great segue because I would say that my silver lining in all of this is like how the community has rallied together yeah uh we outside of our church we had a big massive donation box um well two of them and it wasn't enough alongside our entire church there are bags and boxes and it just like wraps around half of the church it yeah. was so insane to see that. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I think my silver lining is honestly that my family is safe. My friends are safe. Um, and yeah, obviously, along with seeing the community step up. Um, but I think constantly being realized in 2020 because I did feel like last year, Arturo and I both felt like God was telling us 2020 was going to be our year, which is like so comical if you think about it. (laughs) Um, But really feeling like 
I've never felt so close to God and I've never felt like, um, everything he is doing will work out for the glory of him even if that seems like so dark and so confusing so Mm -hmm. I think my silver lining is just this might not be the last thing that happens and we just have to know that like our hope is in God and we can try and just stay safe as safe as we can yeah and be prepared um well is there anything else no that's it okay well thank you for listening and like we said before, we will put all of like the resources, donations, GoFundMes. I'll be linking them in stories over the next few days. If you guys are listening and anything has happened, call. If you need rides, DM us. If you need clothes, DM. Like anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anything you guys need or if you know of families who are in need and they need a place to go, um, let us know. And if you're not here, then um, we just be praying for, for Oregon and all places affected. Um, yeah. So anyway. Love you guys. Love you. And it's always better. Salt and pepper come together. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.